Welcome to the Disney Parks Podcast with your hosts, Tony Castlenova from DisneyByTheNumbers.com and Parkhopper John from WDWParkhoppers.com. Keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the podcast at all times and get ready for the Disney Parks Podcast. And now, the Disney Parks Podcast infotainment segment. Today's show, we have one of our favorite guests returning. Uh, she is an amazing person. Juliana Hansen is a film, television, voice, and theater actor who trained at the Guildford School of Acting in England. As a producer, she's currently collaborating with acclaimed director Joel Wick on a new comedic web series. She's a world-class vocalist. She has the incredible task of giving Walt Disney Records a new voice for Mary Poppins and Mary Poppins, the Legacy Collection, and Cinderella for Cinderella, the Lost Chords, and she frequently works alongside Disney legend and two-time Oscar winner Richard Sherman. As a voice actor, you can hear her on Star vs. the Forces of Evil on Disney XD, uh, Unkitty, uh, no, excuse me, Unikitty on Cartoon Network, and this summer, in a supporting role, I can't believe Tony's sitting down for this, he's so excited, a supporting role in Pixar's Toy Story 4. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, Juliana Hansen. How are you doing? Hi, I am so fantastic after that introduction. Who wouldn't be doing great? That's right. That that was wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. You put in all the work. I'm we so just glad to be back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, the first... um, I'm great. Go ahead. Huh? I'm grateful to be back on the show. Thank you for having me again. Yeah. We like to uh, ask everybody how their uh, journey with uh, Disney began. Uh, so I'm sure you have a great story of how you got involved with the Disney company and Richard and all those kind of things. So take us to the oh, beginning. <laughs> the very beginning. The very, very beginning would be um, just my, my love affair with Disney, with the parks and all the animated films that were happening when I was a kid. So Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. Um I would come down a couple times a year with my family. We lived up in Northern California, and we'd come down to the parks. And my favorite thing to do at the parks was to wander around holding hands with Alice or Snow White and singing songs from their movies and going to the Fantasyland Theater and seeing whatever show happened to be there. And then my dad had this giant camcorder um, that he would you know, lug around all day and he'd record the parades and he'd right. record the shows and I'd go back up north and just soak in every single word and just learn it all, memorize it all. Um, by the time I was about seven years old, I was living in Los Angeles with my mom and I did a lot of voiceover stuff, jingles and a Land Before Time film. And um, one of the early projects I got to do was a voiceover job for a radio thing with Disney, working with Tom Bosley, mm -hmm. who most people know from Happy Days, yeah, but yeah. Um, the theater nerd that I am knows and loves from, uh, he played Belle's father in the Broadway production of Beauty and the Beast. Right. Um, 
so that was kind of my very first ever job with the company. And from there, I did a couple of commercials for the Disney Channel and was just always a huge fan. Um, and after being in New York for a while and doing some Broadway and off-Broadway stuff out there. I went to school in the UK, as you mentioned, got my master's in Guilford, moved back to LA and started doing little gigs around town. I worked at the El Capitan one summer for the pre-show for the movie Brave. Mm-hmm. The El Cap is this beautiful historic movie house in Hollywood, on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, the pre-show was wild. We did five a day. Um, because that's how many times the film showed. And it was 20 minutes of complete chaos. Like, one song and dance number after the next, quick changing on stage behind scrims with our heads popped up, still singing, um, Buzz Lightyear and Woody and Mickey and Minnie and Donald Duck. Everybody was in the show with us. Um, it It was a wild thing. I sang Put on a Happy Face to Donald Duck wearing a clown suit, like giant clown pants and suspenders and a red nose. And so to fast forward, you know, all the way till uh, about three weeks ago, going to the premiere at the El Capitan for, you know, one of the greatest Pixar films ever made, you know, legacy to be in Toy Story 4 all these years later and be sitting in that house right. with flashbacks of put on a happy face going through my mind and seeing and hearing my, you know, voice on the big screen was was pretty awesome. But wow. in between then and now, I, I did meet and uh, begin working with Richard Sherman, mm-hmm. like really closely and quite frequently. He's... Um, he uses me every chance he gets, and I'm very grateful for that. But he's also become a valuable mentor and, and like a grandfather to me in my life. We've gotten very close over the years. But that story is that I did a show of Sherman Brothers music in Hollywood at the small little, I don't know why I said Hollywood, um, <laughs> but uh, at this tiny little cabaret venue called the Gardenia. Okay. And uh, Richard and Elizabeth, his wife, attended that show. And um, I met them afterwards mm-hmm. and took pictures and listened to Richard tell some stories about the good old days at Disney Studios. And, right. and then I, that was it. That was kind of like this little moment in my life that I was like, oh, how cool. I got to meet Richard Sherman. I love him. I love his movies. And about three weeks after that, I was um, out of town and I got a phone call from a symphony orchestra in L.A. saying that they were doing a Sherman Brothers concert and that they really hoped that I was available for it because I was Richard's one request as a performer. So he remembered me from that event and uh, asked that I would be a part of this much bigger show with a full orchestra and, you know, tons of their music and great harmonies and great arrangements. And so that kind of began my relationship and, and working relationship with Richard. And we've done so much. He brought me into the Walt Disney Records family with Mary Poppins, um, which, as you said, kind of snowballed into other projects with Walt Disney Records. And, um, yeah, we've we've continued to work together. Um, D23 a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really, really special. Wow. 
And uh, so, yeah, and then in addition to the Richard thing, I've also, you know, had the opportunity to come full circle with my childhood fantasy of performing at the parks um, when I got hired to play Jasmine four days a week, Mm. four shows a day, and I did that for three years in the Hyperion Theater at California Adventure, um, which was awesome and magical and such fun. But what's really, really neat now is that I'm actually on the Fantasyland uh, theater stage, which is the stage I remember from being two and three years old, seeing these incredible shows and and just idolizing the performers up there. So I actually am leaving Disney right now. I pulled over and I'm talking to you guys kind of halfway between Disney and home because um, I, I got called into work today. And so just to be there is, is just such a thrill. And no matter how, you know, big time my other projects get and how exciting all that is it's really really neat to stand on that stage and look out and see little kids you know being blown away by what we're bringing to to the space so you're that doing, was me yeah so. you're doing the magical <laughs> map show from yeah that? mickey and the magical map yeah so it's um it's a lot of fun you can see the whole show on youtube we have various casts so right. you might have to search a minute to find me. But um, I am the head map maker. I sing in the opening number and in the finale. And then I'm really, really good friends with Pocahontas. Um, <laughs> so it's always fun when I get to go hang out with my, my BFF, Poca. She's, <laughs> she's awesome. Yeah. She's awesome. She's real awesome. She's strong. She's grounded. She's cool. Yeah. yeah. Earthy. Yep. Adventurous, love her. Protective, yeah, awesome, <laughs> totally, and like a great friend, guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. We're uh, real close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are. Uh, my my w- wife and I are. Uh, we're building a house, and the lady who's helping oh, us build cool. a house. Thank you. Uh, the lady. That's, yeah. she's, I say lady. She's 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 young. Uh, mm-hmm. she's yeah. She's woman. helping us build the house. She's a friend. She's a very, very close friend of Belle, and a very, very, very close friend with Ariel. So she, oh, lovely. She definitely is in with the right people. Yeah. So. Yeah, she knows the right people. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> we want to kind of to to hopscotch a little bit because we, you know, yeah. I'm I'm keeping Tony at bay on the Toy Story four. <laughs> Because that's that's the big thing. Tony's not, jumping out of his seat to ask about that. Right, and I'm not and I'm not downplaying yeah. by any stretch of the imagination anything else. But I'm just saying, uh, I want to go back a little bit because when we first talked to you a, a few years ago, I think you were just left um, the Aladdin show, and okay. uh, one of the new Sherman uh, Legacy records had just debuted or was coming out. I think that's mm. that's why we we first talked to you. Tell us a little bit about right. the process when you're working with with Richard on um, like the Mary Poppins or the Cinderella project. Mm-hmm. What what is for people who don't know the Lost Chords or what is the Legacy yeah. Collection that's going on there? How how are you uh, the voice of like Mary Poppins now right. versus like you know the traditional Mary Poppins voice that we have? And, and what does all that mean? Sure. Catch your body up, and then okay. fill, fill us in yeah. on what the process is like working with Richard Sherman. Great. Okay. Um, the Lost Chords, 
or the Mary Poppins Legacy album, um, which falls under the Lost Chords umbrella. Um, Disney decided to release a series. Randy Thornton, who's a producer for Walt Disney Records, had the idea of remastering all of the old animated film soundtracks and including um, the original demo recordings of all of the songs that we know and love. So on Cinderella, there are original demos of A Dream is a Wish um, as sung by, and don't quote me on this, but because some of them are sung by the composers and others are sung by Eileen Woods. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just sort of as whatever Disney had available, whatever was in the archives. I think with Cinderella especially, there was actually... um, they were on records and one was broken and they were able to kind of like put it back together and you hear where that break is in the album on the recording, but it's the best they could do. And it's so incredible that we haven't lost them completely. So it was a brilliant idea on Randy's part, but with all of those songs that we know and love came all of these original demos for songs that never actually made it into the movies. Um, for various reasons. Um, And so for those, they decided that they wanted to create fully realized versions um, as if, you know, this is what it would sound like it had it ended up in the film. So they hired the greatest musicians, you know, some Hollywood Bowl Orchestra people and studio musicians who, you know, are really incredible talents here in Los Angeles. And they came up with fully orchestrated tracks. And then they hired... um, a small handful of singers, Broadway performers mostly, um, to come in and voice the various characters. So for the Mary Poppins Legacy Collection, it's a two-disc, it might be a three-disc, I think it's a three-disc, because it includes interviews with P.L. Travers as well. Um, A three-disc collection. So you've got the movie score remastered, sounding better than you'll ever hear it, on disc one. And then you have original demos by the Sherman Brothers. You hear Richard singing back in the 1960s. Um, And then you have new versions of the same songs with um, me and other people. Um, (laughs) The Admiral Boom has a song, and... um, there's a whole chorus of people singing a song called the The land of sand, which was written for an adventure that Mary was going to take the children on, but it never materialized. Mm -hmm. Um, so the song didn't have a place in the film. Um, I sing a song called the eyes of love, which was written for Julie Andrews. And when the Sherman brothers played all of Mary's songs for her, she said, I love them all, except that song, The Eyes of Love. Um, she said, it just, it's a beautiful song, but it doesn't capture Mary's spirit. Hmm. She was like, it just doesn't, we need something snappy. Right. And right. Uh, so the Sherman brothers, being as clever and wonderful as they are, went away and went, okay, she wants snappy. They came back with a spoonful of sugar, and just for Julie, they included the lyric, and snap, the top of the game. Right. Um, which is awesome. Uh, so anyway, but the eyes of love is beautiful. And I, prior to my singing it, I don't believe there was ever a, a known version of it, recording or, or live. So that's pretty special. It's kind of the closest I've ever gotten to Richard writing a song for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's kind of, you know, he said, I, I want to use Juliana on this recording. Mm-hmm. And so 
they did. And that was amazing. And from there, I also got the opportunity to do um, the Cinderella album with Disney. Richard was not a part of that. And also a song called Neverland, which has a great story. Mm. Um, It was on the Peter Pan album. And years ago, when Disney was re-releasing the film, if they came across these lyrics in old archives that were just scribbled out on a piece of paper and unfinished. And they gave them to Richard and they said, can you turn this into a song? And he said, of course. And he, of course, wrote something beautiful and stirring and just spectacular, which Paige O'Hara sang on the special features for that hmm. edition of the, of the Peter Pan release. Right. Um, Paige O'Hara being the voice of Belle. Um, and I think that's the only time that song was ever heard before the Lost Chords albums were produced. And so I got to sing that with Richard and we went into the studio and those guys always get it right. Randy Thornton and um, he's, he's amazing. Um, the sound engineer, Jeff, who I can't remember his last name. We're going to have to fact check. Um, the two of them are, they're a dynamite duo. Um, but I remember they played the track they had a whole camera crew there to document the session because Richard was there in the studio with me and there's this whole big thing and Richard got very, very quiet listening to the track. And when he was done he was like, It's too fast. He was like, She can't record it like this. Can you can you slow it down? Mm. And they were like, Uh, no and I've never seen Richard upset really. I mean like visibly upset. Right. Um, before or since that moment, but there was definitely a, a, a sense of this is this is all wrong. And he he said, you know, I wrote this moving, heartfelt ballad, and it's been turned into this jaunty little ditty. And she, he's like, we can't do it. We can't do it like this. And Randy was kind of like, okay, uh, let's cut the cameras, and we, this might not happen today. And we were all like, okay. You know, obviously, right. we want to give him what he wants. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Richard said, no, no, no. He goes, Juliana, honey, come here. He grabbed my hand, and we went into the booth to record. Mm-hmm. And he sat down at the piano, and he kind of went, I, you know, this is kind of the feel of the song. This is what I had in mind. And he played a little and sang a little. And he's like, let's do it together right now. <laughs> and Randy was like, well, Richard, why don't we record your piano track? And then we'll have Joanna lay like her vocals on top of that. Right. And uh, he said, no, 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 we, we do this together all the time. We're going to do it together. Mm-hmm. And we did. And in one take, it was so magical. And you could just like, hear a pin drop. It was beautiful. And I could see Richard. He was right next to me, you right. know, playing with me as I was recording. And when we finished, he just looked up and said, Randy, did we get what we need? And Randy was like, yeah, come back in. I think we did. Oh, and, wow. you know, it's, um, y- I think you can really hear like the magic in that moment and the way that Richard and I kind of gel together. Um, in my opinion, it's not a flawless vocal performance by any means, but he is pretty flawless playing it. And, uh, and it's, it's got a lot of heart and it's beautiful. And uh, that's the take. And they managed to save the harp parts um, and put those, take them from the track that they had and put them into our piano version. So it's piano, harp, and me. And it's awesome. Yeah. So, but that's kind of how Richard and I work together. You know, I, I've never 
been in on his writing process. Yeah. But we we will just look at each other like and kind of feel where the other is going. It's it's pretty special. Um, with D23, we never rehearsed it together. Um, I had a sound check in rehearsal the day before with a Disney Parks um, pianist. Right. And it went well. And then Richard sat down to the piano live in the moment, and they announced me, and I came out, and, you know, we just, we did it. And any, I remember right before I went out on stage, Richard was sitting backstage and chatting with this man, and he he said, "Oh, uh, have you met John?" And I was like, "I don't think so." Hi, nice to meet you. I stuck out my hand, and he went, "Hi, John Lasseter." And I was like, "Oh my god!" And so I remember walking out on stage at G twenty three, thinking, "John Lasseter's watching me. John Lasseter's watching me. Oh my god. Oh my god." And like I was shaking. I was so nervous. I was shaking, and I. I had one hand on the piano and I held the microphone in the other hand and I just remember looking at Richard and seeing him smiling up at me from the piano like we we made eye contact and I was like instantly like I've got this it's okay it's okay and I mean it's amazing it's just been so special so special that's gotta be fantastic yeah. I I can yeah. imagine being I can in the same room being in the same room with him let alone and I'm a musician I I'm I'm a classically trained What do you play? I'm a classically trained percussionist but I made a living for decades playing set all around Atlanta and oh, yeah. and that's where I'm from. So to be able awesome. to sit down with a creative genius like Richard Sherman has got to be beyond yeah. stellar and so i i'm i'm very envious because i'm a disney fan i would just like to meet him uh but as a musician yeah. i would be i'm yeah. so envious but that that's such an amazing story yeah yeah so uh it's let's been pretty cool yep let's skip forward a little bit yeah. and uh tell us how uh pixar came calling uh for your yeah. toy story 4 uh experience Oh my gosh. Well, again, it's all because of Richard. I mean, indirectly. Um, Don Hahn, executive producer, extraordinaire, filmmaker, amazing legend in the Disney world. Um, Don was producing a PBS special, directing and producing, um, called Richard Sherman, Songs of a Lifetime. And it is basically Richard sitting at a piano in one of the greatest music studios in Los Angeles with a lot of history where like Sinatra recorded my way, um, telling stories about the songs he's written over the years and yeah. playing them. And, um, and there, the Dapper Dams appear on that and Ashley Brown, Broadway's Mary Poppins, and then myself. So we're the, we're the guest performers. And right after we filmed that, Don was putting together an event for the Walt Disney Family Museum in uh, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And uh, a big fundraising event. Um, the official voices of Goofy and Donald, Bill Farmer and Tony Alzamo, Al- is that how you say his last name? Am- Amzamo? I can't pronounce yeah. it. Um, yeah, they were there, and Jody Benson was there, and uh, Richard was performing, and Richard said, I'd like her to be there. So Don said, yep, absolutely. Um, I got the phone call like a week after we finished the PBS thing, which was really cool. So I went up and did that event, and Pete Doctor and Jonas Rivera 
is the Pixar connection, right. um, were in attendance. And I sang mostly the rock and roll tunes, um, all the, all the Annette Funicello stuff, um, Haley Mills, you know, Let's Get Together, right. all those kinds of songs. Okay. Um, they gave the eyes of love to Jody, and I was like, she's the one person on earth that I'd be okay with that, because um, <laughs> she's my hero. Right. Um, and I... Uh, I'm very possessive of my song. No, and then um, I sang the Peter Pan song, Neverland. Um, And after the show, I just boldly introduced myself to Pete and Jonas and said, you guys, your film Inside Out is so incredible and I'm I'm obsessed with it and I was joy for Halloween and I love you guys and I'm just so honored to meet you and they were like well we're they're so generous they're such cool generous human beings they were like well we're honored to meet you I mean your voice is beautiful and so we had this little you know encounter polite and mm-hmm. somewhat stalkery on my part and uh, I took a picture with each of them right. and then came back to LA and that was that. And then they won the Oscar for Inside Out. And so I sent them each a, like a handwritten note in the mail right. to Pixar with printouts of our photo from that night and said, I'm so incredibly thrilled for you guys. Like I was cheering in my living room. It deserves it. And you guys deserve it. And thank you for making a film that matters. And that's, you know, covers some really important, like, stuff right. <laughs> that people don't always talk about yep. and uh, I, I got responses and so over the years this was about five years ago now hmm. um, every time I've had an achievement in my life that pertains specifically to VO um, everything from like finishing my demo reel to being signed with one of the top VO agents in LA to booking star or Unikitty or any of those projects that I've done I've just dropped them a note <laughs> said hey guys guess what I get to do guess what I just did oh here's a sample of me on such and such I've just like just created a relationship in a way yeah, you know right. I think that's what this world is about it's about yeah. you know liking each other and respecting each other and caring about each other I mean I also did some homework and realized that Jonas had started as a PA on Toy Story 1. Wow. Yeah. PA. And then he won the Oscar for Inside Out. Like, how inspiring is that story, yeah. you know, to anyone who wants to achieve greatness? And sure. it certainly was inspiring to me because, um, you know, my goals go far beyond what I've just done for Toy Story 4. Um, but it's so it was, you know, it, it was all just relationship building and putting in the work and not being afraid to say, I'm so excited that I achieved this and I wanted to share it with you guys. Um, And then out of the blue one day, I got an email from Jonas who said, "Um, send me your animation reel. I'd just like to have it on hand. You never know. You never know what might come up. And I sent it, of course, and said, thank you so much. And, you know, of course. And it was probably a year after that that I got a phone call from my agent saying, you got a direct offer for an animated feature film. Toy Story 4, and I went, oh, and I cursed on the phone with my agent. 
Um, <laughs> I said, holy. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, and the next day I, you know, actually got to connect with um, them and say thank you so much and how did this happen? And basically they were sitting in a production meeting finishing up their casting for the film and they had a couple small parts to fill and I popped into their minds and my name just kind of was brought to the table in in the way of like listen to this girl I think she's great I think she's got the perfect teacher voice very assuring and loving and sweet Mm -hmm. and I'd love to give her this opportunity like she works hard and she'd be right for it and if you guys agree let's use her and so my reel was kind of passed around and people said yes and there you go i'm i'm now in it forever yeah wow (laughs) unbelievable yeah so you know it's it's hard work and it's continuing to just give it your all and yeah. but talent and all of that isn't even enough it's it's truly do you think everything in life i believe comes down to relationships with people yeah. you know do you think when being uh, a good person and <laughs> do you think yeah. when uh jonas requested that uh, that reel that he uh was thinking about possibly using you in the movie like <laughs> i have like, no hey, let idea me, let me get this real because uh, we're going to come around and be filling some parts and i you know right. we can, yeah you know we can use her to fill some voices or you know you know i feel like yes is probably the answer to that yeah i yeah. have not asked um yeah. and it wasn't like send me your reel a month later guess mm. what Right. There, it was a long time. Yeah, but yeah. they have, you know, they're working on these films for right. a very long time. Yeah, years before casting happens, mm-hmm. years. Yeah. So, I'm sure. I mean, he's a really, you know, he's a super genius man, and I would be surprised if that wasn't already kind of in the back of his mind someplace. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think that connection was last minute. Right. <laughs> but the way it was told to me was, you know, popped into our pets and yeah. I, I played your reel and, yeah, so. I think the, uh, I don't think Jonas is an animator, but I think people, when they're, doing those movies like you know I, I, I remember going back to John Lasseter talking about Toy Story 1 where he had Tom H- Hanks in mind for mm-hmm. Woody and took like his Turner and Hooch voice and overlaid mm. it onto you know what uh, they had animated for Woody to show to Tom and say hey this is what we're thinking you know with this character and we think you know you're the part. Mm. so I think in their minds they have people you know, yeah. that person would be good for that, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, he might have been mm-hmm. thinking that. You know, one day you'll have to corner him in a dark <laughs> room and go, all right, what's the story when you ask? <laughs> right. <laughs> what's the right story? <laughs> After we make our next big one where I'm, like, yeah. the lead. Yeah. Then I'll ask him. <laughs> That'd be perfect. I'm down for that. Right. So can Thank you, tell, you. Me too. <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about what it was like to record? And and being, I'm, I'm assuming sure. that you're around the Pixar a lot. What was it like to actually record your 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 voice yeah. in the movie? I actually had two sessions. I had one um, on the Disney lot. That was my first one, Studio okay. B on the Disney lot in Burbank. 
um, which Studio B has so much history. I mean, Richard recorded there back in the 60s. Um, it, you know, Beating the Beast was recorded there, and it's a state-of-the-art, incredible studio. Um, they sent a car for me and fed me lunch, and it was, I arrived, and um, Josh Cooley and Jonas uh, kind of gave me the pitch of the of the film because you don't receive mm-hmm. any information. Right, I didn't sure. have lines or anything going into it, nothing at all. Right. Um, so you just show up. Yep. <laughs> you get ready to play and be malleable and listen and have fun. Right. Um, and they make that really easy. The having fun part is like a no-brainer with these people because they're all fun people who love what they do and that's contagious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they just kind of, they showed me the storyboard and they showed me uh, what my classroom looks like and an early mock-up of Miss Wendy. She has changed quite a lot. She looks a lot more like me now, which is really cool. Yes. Um, but, you know, I got to kind of get a feel for like, here's her classroom and here's what happens in the class. And this is, and I heard the whole story. They told me the ending of the film and all of that. Oh. Um, and by the end of it, I was in tears right. <laughs> listening to them talk. They're really good at their jobs. And then they said, okay, you ready? Let's, let's give it a try. So right. I walked over to the microphone and there were my pages laid out in front of me and on the music stand. And the stand is like super high tech. It like lowers and raises with remote control. The sound engineers with this old, you know, old time dude has probably been there for, you know, 40 something years. Right. And I mean, it was really, and all the writers are in the room with you and, um, it's really collaborative, and it was just so much fun. And uh, and yes, a, a couple months later, I recorded that and in early February, I want to say, and then immediately, like a couple days after that, left to go do a film in Nashville and came back from Nashville sometime in March. Right. And it was probably April-ish or May-ish, maybe, mm-hmm. that I went up to Pixar and got to spend a day there touring and meeting some of the head animators for Bez and Woody and, um, and recording additional um, dialogue and new dialogue and rewritten dialogue um, in their studio, which is beautiful. And also, I think technically it's, it's like a floating recording studio. It's mm. the way it's been built. It's kind of suspended. So it's super, super quiet and like optimum sound levels and stuff um, because of the way it's constructed. And I even got to meet the filmmakers of the short um, Bow, which is about the little pork bun, um, and see a preview of that, which was really neat, really special. Um, And that was kind of my day at Pixar. And again, you know, super fun, super collaborative. We did all these like wild lines of, you know, warning kids not to run with scissors or to, you know, tell them to take their fingers out of their nose. And I mean, and they had me use all of their names and the animators' names. And, you know, it was very fun. I don't think any of it really ended up in the film, but it was just a good time and a fun, you know, easy right. kind of environment. Yeah. They're probably using <laughs> the it as ringtones. These people have. Oh, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't run with the scissors in your hand. <laughs> right. 
you know, or on their voicemail, you know, you call them and don't run with scissors in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Jonas, fingers belong, you know, on the desk, yeah. not in our noses. Yeah. <laughs> So funny. Uh, yeah. So there's uh, pictures and video out there of you walking the red carpet for Toy Story 4. Mm. Yeah. What yes. was that like for you? Oh, oh, my gosh. Like the greatest day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so thrilling. It was just exciting. Yeah. And, you know, they took really good care of me. Um, Pixar assigned a publicist to me for that event. Oh, good. So, you know, I was met as soon as my car dropped me off and taken just really good care of and kind of walked through the whole thing. And um, there were, you know, the, the group of fans kind of standing off to the side when I first arrived, and most of them had no idea who I was and didn't care. But there were a couple of girls who were like decked out in Toy Story like cosplay right. and they called me by name and asked me to sign their posters and I couldn't because I had to go straight to the carpet right. but then I promised them I was like I'm going to come back so I asked the publicist I was like can you please go back I want to I want to sign that yeah. you know for these girls and right. so we circled back around and um, there are so many flashes that go off you know I've done red carpets before but not at that not on that scale. Yeah. You know, I've done them for theater events at the Pantages or opening nights in other places, but that was, it was first class all the way. And it was, it was fantastic. And it was also, there was a moment where I was like, I'm going to pass out from these lights. <laughs> like it is, <laughs> it, there's so much happening. Um, but it was pure joy. I mean, you watch the video and I'm like jumping out of my skin almost because yeah. I'm just having so much fun yeah, and uh yeah after the after the interview i i just got escorted to the front of the theater and you have to lock your phone up in a little bag that you can't take it out until right. the end of the movie and yep. they give you a woody and forky plastic ziploc <laughs> we got to go to a candy station and fill our bags with candy for the film and popcorn and drinks inside and i was one of the first to arrive um, because they told me that that was going to be my best shot at getting the most press. Oh, really? um, cool. If I had shown up, you know, with Tom Hanks at right. 6, yeah. 15, and the movie was starting at 6.30, I probably would have missed the carpet completely. So yeah. it was it was a really great thing to, to be there early and be one of the first from the film there. There was an excitement around that. Um, and uh, so, but that resulted in me being like one of four people in the El Capitan Theater, like with my popcorn on my lap, like not really sure what to do with myself for the next 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, eventually the theater filled up. Annie Potts was sitting behind me. Keanu Reeves was like a few people down from her. Wow. Um, I was, you know, it was so cool. It was just awesome. Yeah. And it was really neat experiencing the film with everybody who was a part of it because it was just a big love fest. There was cheering right off the bat. The laughs were huge. The sobbing was palpable. Like everybody, you know, we were all invested in a really unique and special way. And I think that that's, that was a real highlight of the, of the night getting to share in that with everyone else. Yeah. I saw the uh, people magazine live stream of the, the yeah. red carpet. So, yeah, 
and I, I th- that was a fun one. Yeah, I think I, I think you got interviewed as well uh, towards. Uh, I did. Yeah, I did. I, I think it was at the end of that. Towards the end of that, I don't think they. Yeah. If you were there first, they didn't. I don't know. It seems like they, they didn't did play it in, it in order. order maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was live um, in the moment, but then right. they probably went in and like edited it right. so that like Tom and Tim Allen are like the first ones. Yeah. Because they know that's what everybody wants to right. see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had friends, you know, messaging me in the moment going, oh my God, we're watching you. Like, so that's yeah. kind of cool. And right. they had two interviews happening at once. So they had a, they had one section that was kind of a raised like platform yes. that mm-hmm. people like Tom Hanks and Annie Potts were on. Right. And then they had like at the end of the red carpet, another um, person doing interviews there. Right. Um, it was all people mm-hmm. um, covering it. Right. But yeah, so I know the footage was kind of bouncing back and forth. At one point, they're interviewing Tony Hale, I think, and the other camera is showing me just being photographed. I'm just smiling and like walking down the carpet. Yeah, which is cool. I was like, hey, wait, I know her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my best friend sent me a video of her like jumping up and down on her bed, like (laughs) like just so excited. Yeah, that looks like a lot of fun. And it looked like there was like some kind of carnival thing going, a theme going, but probably the after party. uh, That's right. They set up a whole carnival for us. It was was great. Amazing food, street tacos and a make your own mac and cheese section, which like I topped mine with like crispy fried onions and Cheetos because... When else in my life am I going to have mac, mac and cheese with Cheetos? Um, and then they were doing um, like airbrush tattoos of the characters from the movie. Oh, so I got like forky airbrushed on my forearm and um, they had fer- a Ferris wheel and a big, beautiful band that was singing, you know, really fun Pixar music. They closed with You've Got a Friend in Me and my boyfriend and I actually danced at the tail end of the song and that was the last song of the night and it was so fun to nice. it was just a cool moment to dance to that song yes. at the premiere yeah. <laughs> yeah it was it was neat carnival games circus performers juggling on stilts and there was this cool balloon puppet that was um it was woody it was made out of those long balloons that they make like balloon animals with but it was all constructed in such a way that different balloons made up different parts of him and his arms and legs moved and it was operated by a woman on stilts so he was kind of like this balloon woody floating around the party it was very cool yeah um wow well from the the pictures (laughs) in the video it looks like you had a spectacular time there was a a ear-to-ear grin (laughs) and smile on your face (laughs) (laughs) i didn't see that disappear at all (laughs) So. No, it hasn't yet. I mean, every yeah. day I'm just grinning stupidly everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you, you've got good reason. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so, um, so as we kind of start winding down, uh, yeah. where can people find more out about you? Uh, find out, yeah. you know, some of the things that you're doing. Uh, what, mm-hmm. what, what would you like to promote? I guess this is the best way to ask that question. Well, to anybody listening in Los Angeles, when is this episode going to post? Is it? Are we live? No, it'll be uh, posted on Friday. 
Right. Friday. Okay. Yes. Well, then they'll have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Two chances on Saturday and one on Sunday. Anybody in the L.A. area should come and see this beautiful little one-act play that I'm doing um, at the Two Roads Theater in Tahunga. It's called Third and Oak for Laundromat. It's mm. only an hour long. It's two women, and we are running one week only, but it's one of Los Angeles's greatest directors, Cameron Watson. I'm so happy to be working with him. Um, the other woman is a beautiful actress, Judy Louise Johnson, and then myself, and it's got a lot of heart. And it's very moving, and it's about two women who meet in the middle of the night, um, in 1978 in the laundromat. Wow. And they're both hurting and they're both, they both have something they need to talk about, but they're strangers. And at first she doesn't want me there. And it, you know, it's kind of how they help each other. So come see that two roads theater, brown paper tickets has okay. tickets available. Um, but also, yeah, my website, julianahanson.com has info up and, uh, you can shoot me an email, tell me that you liked this podcast. I'd be happy to hear from anybody. Um, and then uh, please follow me, please, 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 on Instagram and Twitter at Juliana Hansen. J-U-L-I-A-N-A-H-A-N-S-E-N. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and I, know Tony wants yeah. To get, I know Tony wants to get his last word in. No, uh, but, but I'll say this. Uh, we talked to you a couple years back. And just to see how far you've come since then, you are uh, you are an inspiration to a lot of people yeah. uh, for your Thank hard you. work and networking and hustle and all the things that you you're doing. And still, you've been you've been doing movies, you've been doing all this great recording stuff. You're still doing stuff at Disney. Uh, and yeah. we, I, I, I know we're just two dudes in Florida uh, that you know <laughs> loosely through a podcast, but we are so incredibly proud and happy for you. Thank uh, you. When good people uh, have good things happen to them, that just makes us uh, extremely proud and happy for you. So congratulations. And, and thank we, you. We're so honored to, uh, to be able to talk to you. Uh, and thank you for sharing your you. story with us. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you guys so much for being interested and for your support and, uh, you know, for sharing in this excitement with me. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. And let's do this again in a few more years when I'm, you know, starring in a Pixar movie. Um, yeah. Let's, <laughs> right? Let's make that our next our next podcast together. Heck yeah. That'd <laughs> be awesome. Disney's, Disney's turning every animated movie into a live action. Maybe we're going to see you in one of those. Who knows? You know, Don Hans produced a couple of them. That's right, I am. Yes. <laughs> I'm putting that out in the universe too. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that'd yeah. be phenomenal. I think yes. I have Don's email somewhere laying around. Maybe I'll just casually mention it to him. <laughs> Dear I, Don, we've got a great idea perfect. for you. I don't want to tell you how to cast, <laughs> yes. but <laughs> I don't know her at all. This isn't like bias in any way. I just yeah. think she'd be great. Yeah, I, yeah. I heard her on a podcast. <laughs> totally unrelated. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Well, oh gosh. Oh, we Thanks. thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, like I say at the end of all of our podcasts, if we don't see you online, we will see you in the parks. The Disney Parks Podcast is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. All Disney Parks, attractions, lands, shows, event names, etc. are registered trademarks of the Walt Disney Company.